Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Ad Week podcast where we talk about marketing, media, technology, advertising, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor with Ad Week. Uh, very excited to have back with me Kamiko McCoy, social editor for Ad Week. Kamiko, welcome back. Hello. As always, happy to be here. And speaking of which, we have big news. Can I, t- can I share your big news yes, about the please. podcast? Go for it. Uh, Kamiko is now officially the co-host of this podcast, which I'm so excited about. Welcome. Uh, And uh, yeah, so you're going to be hearing more of her consistently. She's been a guest several times and has been a joy every single time and brings a ton of insight and also completes uh, my quest of us Southerners conquering uh, 100% of this podcast. So (laughs) the long game finally complete. Kamiko came from uh, Atlanta. Did you grow up in Atlanta? I forget. Um, I claim it. Um, I'm originally from Missouri, but I claim Atlanta. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm down here in Alabama. Kamiko is in our main office in New York. Uh, so, yeah, welcome. And uh, if you have any questions for her, you can always hit podcast at adweek.com. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to uh, find more opportunities to let people know more about you. Uh, what, what's your, what's your, remind us your Twitter, Kamiko? Uh, it's just at Kamiko M K I M E K O, capital M at the very end. That's where she you can is. find all my lukewarm takes. Yes, she is a fantastic follow. One of my favorites. Uh, speaking of favorites, we've also got back Anne-Marie Alcantara, a reporter covering the technology beat here at Adweek. Anne-Marie, so great to have you back. Thanks. I'm happy to be back. Uh, today, we got a really fun one. We are going to be talking about brand tweets. And this episode, I am flagging. We haven't even started. I'm going to say I'm flagging it as E for explicit and you know what's funny is it's because of the brands. <laughs> like It's not even on us. Just to talk about some of these tweets, we're going to be using a bit of uh, not even so much language. It's just like these scenarios get weirdly like R-rated pretty fast in modern weird brand tweets. Uh, we've got, of course, some context about why this is suddenly newsy again. Uh, but man, it's just, it's just a great topic in general to talk about. Uh, so if you've got little ears who shouldn't know about, I don't know, <laughs> like bodily functions... 
and more bodily functions. Now that I think about it, it's just a lot of bodily functions. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's going to be some. some Hope's grown up content. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like brand Twitter, <laughs> it's only for adults. All right, so let's get going. So uh, the thing that got us all talking about this this week uh, was the PJAR tweet, uh, which instantly became one of my favorite moments in brand uh, brand Twitter history. Uh, this is from Vita Coco, uh, a vitamin water, which uh, I don't know. Had you guys heard of Vita Coco before? Or am I am I kind of just out of the loop from not knowing them to begin with? No, I've heard of them before. I just I didn't I didn't think they go. In the direction that they went this week. Yeah. My cool. mother is a West Indian, so we got a fridge full of that stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not a small company. Uh, they're, they're pretty big. And so the backstory here, real quickly, I'll get to the PGR as fast as I can. Uh, you know, the backstory is that they rolled out this new pressed coconut product that they think tastes less bad, I guess. Like, like it tastes more drinkable to people who don't who aren't into coconut water to begin with. So they launched this campaign with their agency uh, that's called Impossible to Hate. And the idea is that this is finally a coconut water that, you know, there's lots of haters out there who don't like it. I don't like coconut water. Um, and so they wanted to hit them up. And they, the ads are really funny. Um, I won't spend a lot of time on it, but basically they created an algorithm to find the most negative people on the internet, which is saying something. And, uh, and they like went across every review site. Uh, and uh, here, let's play a little bit of one of the ads where they found one of these ultra trolls uh, and then brought them in to let them try this new Vitacoco water. Uh, and, you know, and so they did a great job of setting up why these people are so, so negative online. Meet Luxlex 0380, a woman who said that the Grand Canyon is a big dumb hole. She left a scathing one-star review for a toothbrush. She called her local hairdresser a butcher and her local butcher a criminal. And about Chicago... Don't bother. Luxlex is one of the most negative people on the internet. So when we wanted to prove that new Vitacoco with pressed coconut is impossible to hate, we asked her to try it. It's okay. New Vitacoco pressed. Impossible to hate. So so that was the plan, you know, is to, to launch these ads about the most negative people. But then they also wanted this real-time component. So the day this campaign launches, uh, they had this, this guy on Twitter who has... Um, who has bagged on them before and basically said, you know, this stuff's awful. Uh, and so they were like, now's the perfect time to <laughs> like leverage this new campaign. And so he had, uh, he had tweeted, uh, that Vitacoco had tweeted unpopular opinion. There is such a thing as too many eggs. I, I don't really, I don't know what, what that was in response to, but anyway, he <laughs> tweeted popular opinion. Coconut water is fucking disgusting. So uh, then he came back at them and said, and Vitacoco, don't come at me with your shit is pressed or that it comes from the finest baby coconuts. Your shit is nasty like all coconut water. Uh, and then just a real man, real assault in the wound here. He's <laughs> like in this crossfire. He says, you are the miracle whip of beverages <laughs> and should be embarrassed of yourselves. It's pretty bad. <laughs> so poor miracle whip. <laughs> just get, get dragged into this. <laughs> And so they responded back, uh, let us send you some, don't knock it till you try it, he wrote back. Fuck that, save that nasty shit for someone else. I would rather drink your social media person's piss than coconut water. So so they call a, a, like an emergency meeting of their marketing team, which is a small group. And they get, they get together and they're like, 
okay, what do we do? <laughs> we got this guy who says he'd rather drink our social media person's piss than coconut water. So they sent their, and this was their, uh, their, their, uh, social media person's um, idea. Uh, she went into the bathroom, supposedly peed into a jar that says Vita Coco on it. Uh, I don't I don't actually believe it's real pee. I'm a pee truther, I guess, on this one. But like <laughs> they, uh, and then she holds up a jar of it, tweets it in the bathroom uh, from the Vita Coco account to this guy and just says, address? Like, here you go. We're going to send you a fresh jar of pee. And the Vita uh, Coco ma- label right on it. <laughs> Yep, yep. This isn't like some offering. They didn't put it in a jar of Miracle Whip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the and then it just explodes from there. He tweeted a bunch of screenshots of it. it's like, oh my god, I'm getting owned by a coconut water. Uh, they made another picture of of uh, the woman in the holding the pee jar. They made that their profile photo. Um, and uh, man, yeah, it just went from there and became this whole. Uh, I, I, I've used the phrase piss jar like, I don't know, three dozen times in the last 48 hours uh, since we covered this. <laughs> uh, the, the woman in the, uh, in the photo is named Lane Rawlings. She's a community coordinator. It was her idea. She was totally on board with it. Uh, I talked to her boss uh, who runs the brand and, and uh, had one of my favorite quotes of all time that I've gotten into Adweek. Uh, her, her, uh, her boss, uh, Allison Finazzo, said it was her idea. She was like, he says it tastes like piss. Let's give him piss. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So I'm just going to stop there and ask you guys, what did you think of the piss jar tweet? As a social media manager, um, I just do not feel like I would ever, ever take it there. I would ever take it there. Um, she says, like looking around. Like, <laughs> just, like, just like I feel like at that point, like you've crossed like the threshold for like what a what like humanizing a brand is like typically you see brands being like quirky and stuff like that using like first uh, first person language and like that's cool but like to see a picture of the social media manager holding like a jar of her own piss I'm just like whoa whoa now whoa now let's reel it back in <laughs> brand Twitter has gone too far uh, yeah I mean I joke about this online but like I'm kind of serious when I say that like we now live in a world of like pre piss jar tweets and post piss jar tweets you know there are just certain brand moments that if they go well, or sometimes if they go poorly, they kind of define a new era. Um, and I don't know. I feel like, and so Emory and I were talking before we start recording about this idea of eras in brand Twitter, which which feels a little like maybe we're overthinking it. But I think that's totally true, right, Emory? That there there are these kind of like weird phases of brand Twitter. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like they try to mimic what's kind of trending on the internet and how people are feeling and the jokes that are being made and. Um, yeah, they ebb and flow between really dark and depressing things to raising awareness about mental health to piss jar tweets. <laughs> <laughs> really a lot of eras here. Yeah, piss jar feels like the, the, the kind of the, the high watermark of, I hope it's a watermark, of, um, you know, brand clapbacks, right? Which, of course, Wendy's kind of trailblazed and a few others have just like, just savage takedowns, usually of other brands, though. Not, not usually so much like a consumer uh, who's just taking time out to troll you, although that feels more satisfying in a way. Just because, like, we all, uh, probably you two more than me, like, women get targeted by this a whole lot more of just, like, rando jerks on the Internet just feeling, like, unloading on you. And so to just, like, this guy is not that bad. Like, as a person, he seems better. But, like, 
you know, still, yeah, it's satisfying. It's satisfying to see somebody just unload both barrels of <laughs> piss jar on somebody. Good God. So, and I, Anne-Marie, uh, you know, what was your, what was your take on this? Uh, you know, smart move. Do you, I mean, what, where did it leave you thinking about Vita Coco? Yeah, I thought originally it was not going to work out for them um, just because, yeah, it was just, you know, a little graphic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Took it to took it to another step and and yeah that it was talking not against another brand but more to a consumer, but I mean the internet seems to really love it, so it worked out for them. I mean it's, it's like what you said that it could have gone either way, but uh, seems to you know be in the favor for them and now it's their profile pick, so they're riding this wave. <laughs> <laughs> this wave of pee. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I will. You guys may know about this, but this is this is a pretty pretty deep cut here. Um, it reminded me in a in a different. It's different, but it reminded me of this in the early um, viral marketing days. This is I, I want to say pre YouTube. You know when you kind of ha- just had to put videos wherever. Uh, like I don't know, lazy Sunday era of just like I don't know I don't know where to put a video. Uh, there was this thing for extended stay hotels and it was this video of a woman going around licking all the different parts of a hotel room have you have do you either oh of you know about this yeah i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say i don't know anything about that i so, think i'm okay keeping it that way <laughs> uh you know what's weird is this has like this this type of video has come back not as a marketing thing but a, like there there is this weird subculture of like just kind of i'm gonna push the envelope of how gross i'll be uh, on on Twitter, but this one was a long time ago, and it was just a woman going around licking like the television and the remote and the, I don't know the doorknobs. And, and there's one part, the part that one part that really bothered a lot of people is like she like pulls a spoon out of the uh, drawer and licks it and then puts it back. And we're like, yeah. no, no, come on, man, you can lick the remote and maybe someone will sanitize <laughs> that. You're not going to convince me. Uh, but anyway, at the end of it, she licks the toilet uh, and then holds her hand up to the screen, and it says like. It, it was a web address for extended stay hotels, and it said like very clean, um, and that was it. And it was a, it was a legit ad campaign made by Mullen, a legit agency. And who who dog that did not go over? Uh, like it got picked up by a bunch of the equivalent of you know modern, uh, you know if if AM to, AM to PM if if. Uh, Shows like that existed back then. Uh, it would have been on there. It was on like Attack of the Show or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was on back then. And I mean, it just everyone was talking about it. We covered it, and it was it. It is almost gone from the internet. Like that is one where the client and the agency backpedaled pretty hard. Uh, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know how that one would go over now. But it lacks a certain self awareness that the PGR has of just like, now nah, we're doing this just to like. We're not trying to be, I mean, I guess they're trying to be salacious, but it's more like, we're just not going to take this guy's crap and we're going to give him pee. <laughs> uh, but let's, let's talk about uh, some of our other favorites. We wanted to spend a little time going back over, as we talked about kind of the eras of Twitter. I feel like brand Twitter really started with the, um, you know, the, the blackout at the Super Bowl where Oreo did their dunk in the dark real-time tweet uh, from, uh, I believe, 360i. Uh yeah, great, great tweet. A little overblown, uh, but you know, at the time, this landmark idea that you could create uh, Twitter creative on the fly, uh, and, and that it would be really topical, and in in the end, kind of have more memorability than uh, you know than the Super Bowl ads themselves. That really set into motion this whole s- 
sub industry, right? Of, of real time tweets. Uh, and, and then we hit this, uh, I was just going to point out some, I realized going back through this as we were talking about it, 2014 was a real bad year for tweets. Like that was when brands were just, they were on the verge of figuring it out, but they had not figured it out. And so like that was the year that Best Buy tweeted that uh, Best Buy has everything you need unless you need a payphone. And it was a reference to cereal and this whole debate about whether there had been a payphone outside the, the, the Best Buy. And a lot of people, like every response was just like, oh, funny tweet about a murder. Right? Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and like literally every single tweet, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, remember that was funny. How that woman got murdered, and you're tweeting about it." And so they posted an apology later that said, uh, "We deeply apologize for our earlier tweet about cereal. It lacked good judgment and doesn't reflect the values of our company. We are sorry." Uh, also, 2014, um, U.S. Airways accidentally tweeted a. You know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be blunt here. Uh, a picture of a of a sexual act being performed with a model of one of their planes. Um, yeah, and they deleted it pretty quickly. But it, of course, got screenshot and lived on. If I remember right, I, I didn't do a lot of research back on this one. But if I remember right, the customer service person had flagged that image as, you know, like inappropriate for their teams, uh, that was part of their process, but then accidentally grabbed the image when uh, they meant to grab something else responding to a customer. So they responded with that. Oh, with like man. Mega graphic. So, Kamiko, you and I have both run social accounts as our day jobs. You can just imagine the ice cold blood feel <laughs> like realizing you just did something like that. That at that point you shut down your computer and <laughs> strap on your outfit to rocket launch yourself into the sun because it is a wrap. You're not you're not coming back. People still ask me about that one. I'm like that airline doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> People still nope. ask about it. It's like man when your bad tweet lives on beyond your airline. Something something went real wrong. Uh, but th- that one, uh, what I feel bad is that that could, I'm not saying that could happen to anybody, but I can totally see how it happened. Uh, and, yet, you know, if you're dealing with a few dozen tweets and you're just cranking this customer service stuff out and then every once in a while someone's sending you a truly inappropriate image, which they do. Yeah, it's bad. Um, but, Anne-Marie, what is one of your favorite brand tweets, either good or bad? Yeah, I think, uh, I think... Th- it's hard to say whether this is a good or bad one, but when Sunny D after the Super Bowl tweeted, you know that it can't, I can't do this anymore, and then all the other, all these other brands started to jump on to like help it out and and kind of ask like check in and make sure that you know Sunny D was doing okay as a brand or whatever they were trying to achieve there. I mean, it, it was good that they were trying to highlight mental awareness and checking in on people and not just taking comments like that at face value all the time, but it was still very, very, very strange to see brands engage in this conversation. And, and I mean, they have millions of followers, and it's, it, I'm still confused as to, like, what the goal was there, because so many brands jumped in on it, and, and like, why? What <laughs> Did it bring light to mental health, or did it hurt the cause more, because it's brands kind of, you know, co-opting the movement? Like, I, I don't know. It's it, Strange, but it, it happened, you know? Then Sunny D said it was doing okay. It was just a mood. <laughs> I don't know how a brand goes through, like, existential crisis. <laughs> like, 
350,000 likes on that one, 150,000 retweets. Uh, I don't know, Kamiko, was this on a content calendar, do you think? Did someone just write, I don't know, then we'll put, I can't do this anymore? Or do you think they were just like literally, you know, this is how I'm feeling. I'm just going to throw it out as the brand and see what people say. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are social media managers at brands. And I'm going to be honest, those are some weird people. Um, So I feel like that was probably planned. That was probably planned content, <laughs> and they had a calendar with this, like, pen written in. This is what I'm going to do today. Yeah, I mean, you look at Twitter, like, legit, like, actual Twitter, uh, Twitter's own Twitter account has, over the past year, actually started using its Twitter account. The way brands use it, the way, I don't know, kind of the way people use it. Some days it's a hit, some days it's a miss, but I think it has this very content calendar-y feel to it, right? Like, every tweet is just obviously, like, uh, engagement bait. Mm-hmm. Um in this way, where sometimes it's a question, sometimes it's a just a statement. Um, but I do feel like brands have tried to be as, not all brands, but, you know, consumer brands have really tried to be as human as possible. And I guess to, to give them a little uh, credit, these are hard times. These are hard times to, to be alive in and to just be dealing with everything going on. Uh, you know, we were talking about before the, the we started recording about the Denny's uh denny's tweet where they did this meme tweet where they uh you know it's like zoom in on the left zoom in on the right look at the you know look at the uh the whipped cream or whatever it is and then you finally get to uh the the payoff of the image the exact wording is has this distracted you from overwhelming existential dread l o l thank you thank you denny's (laughs) (laughs) for that I mean, it did, right? It did briefly distract me, and then, uh, and then, Emery and I were talking about uh, Nihilist Arby's. You know, this account that when it launched, yeah, it's not an official account, but when it launched, and all of its tweets were just like, "There is no, there is no heaven. Death is a cold embrace <laughs> that's yeah. inevitable. Eat, eat at Arby's." And and at the time, that felt so <laughs> so out there, and then now it's like that would just be Arby's <laughs> out there, but like definitely talking to an audience that was there for it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, Arby's. I'm, or, you know, fake Arby's. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I might as well just eat some roast beef before <laughs> yeah. we all just get engulfed in flame. Kamiko, uh, uh, tell us about another favorite of yours. Uh, actually, the Denny's one is my favorite, and I will stand by that. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. I mean, it's yeah, it's great. It's it's layered. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, uh, on li- what is the word? Literally and metaphorically. There's pancakes. <laughs> uh, I feel like we can't talk about uh, great brand tweets without talking about Moon Pie, right? Oh my God, yes. Uh, everyone has their favorite Moon Pie moment. Uh, some are some are more, you know, popular than others. I guess like it's, it's one of those. I feel like I'm a hipster talking about a band. Like I like their. <laughs> third album that not a lot of people listen to uh, but in 2017 someone tweeted are there any moon pie stuffing recipes for turkey uh, going it was like the week before thanksgiving and moon pie quote tweeted it and said not really just stuff them up there i guess <laughs> <laughs> to this day my favorite tweet of all time <laughs> it's it's perfect like it's it's literally perfect it's not it's not like uh cloying in in that way of of like trying to be too human uh but but you can just almost picture like someone just interrupted them in the middle of something else 
<laughs> Even though I'm sure it was like methodically planned by their agency and uh, the Tombris group in Tennessee. Uh, but, uh, you know, they've re- it's a masterclass. Like Moon Pie really does walk that perfect line. And strategically, what's interesting is they own the moon. Like not literally, of course, but like that's yeah, their what? <laughs> that's their their strategy is is we want to own all conversations about the moon, uh, and it works sometimes. It doesn't work others, but like it during the eclipse, the total eclipse, right? When was that? A year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they owned that; they were everywhere, uh, and and I think uh, oh, I should have pulled it up, but you know, one of their competitors, uh, Oreo or whoever, tweeted something about like the official uh, cookie of the eclipse. <laughs> and Moon Pie are the official snack of the Eclipse and Moon Pie just tweeted it and I think just said like lol or something <laughs> <laughs> and then there's got you know a hundred times more engagement uh, Kamiko what else what are some other uh, masterclass tweets or, um, or failures Steakums is a really good I actually had the opportunity to talk to the guy behind their uh, their tweets and he's like hilarious in real life his name is Nathan um He's a hoot. So Stakeham's like their entire account. Um, Wendy's, but also, this is like super niche, but if you followed us on Twitter in March, we had March Adness, we had Burger King and Aviation Gin like going ham in our comments section for a while. And I have yeah. prided myself on that because that has been like one of my favorite interactions recently. Um, I get, they like made gifts and memes and the Brian Reynolds jumped in. It was a scene. Yeah, that one was like, I really didn't think brands would get on board with really participating. Aviation Gen certainly did. And they, and they ended up winning. Uh, they did. They leveraged their their following. They leveraged their, I mean, their owner, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, but not over the top. That Ryan was was shooting a movie uh, in, what, like Czech Republic, I think, at the time. Yeah. And so he, he was in a completely different time zone. So he was even sending us messages like, hey, this is great. and But he's he was like 12 hours away from... Uh, participating, you know, and so I really give them credit. I don't think it was just Ryan Reynolds being like, go vote, go vote, go vote. I, I think they really did kind of work it. Um, and they, they took on each of the brands that they were up against in our bracket. Uh, you can, if anyone didn't follow this, you can Google like March Adness uh, Adweek and you'll find it. It was a quite a, quite a thing that Kamiko was running. And uh, it, uh, it was really fun to see which brands engaged, which ones kind of said nice things about each other, I would say. It was like <laughs> the more common thing. They were all just like, good on you, you know, Coca-Cola or whoever. And so. <laughs> a lot of, nice job, lot of, Delta. <laughs> a lot of brand love because I think they all know that like, I'm probably going to end up applying to work there one of these days. So I should probably not <laughs> completely bag on them. Uh, oh, we should talk, uh, uh, not to jump chronologies too much, but also recently we had the Mother's Day tweet from IHOP. Oh my God. Do we have to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> Anne Marie's still still emotionally recovering from the PJR discussion. Not quite ready for IHOP. IHOP showed an ultrasound of a pile of pancakes uh, for Mother's Day, and and uh, so their tweet said, "If you have pancakes in your tum tum, does that make you a pancake mum mum? Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there." And you know, it, it was not. 
it was almost ratioed. It wasn't literally <laughs> ratioed. Uh, I got 4,700 comments and 7,600 likes. So not, you know, not quite ratioed, but it was up there. And I think most people were just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but actually, IHOP, if you're listening, what's, what's going on, friend? What's, can we help out here? IHOP. I have questions. Yeah, mama. You know, there's a lot going on with you. I mean, we- they, um, at our, actually at our Elevate Creativity and a couple of other events that we've had, we've had the folks from IHOP come and talk about what a big success IHOB was. And I think they were shooting their shame shot. <laughs> Here, they'd be like, all right, we did some weird shit last time. Let's do a layup and see if it works again. We can do missed, no wrong. Completely missed. I mean, like, every 10th reply was like, this is pretty funny. <laughs> but those other nine... <laughs> My favorite was all the women just responding. That's a uterus, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, just just wow. Like I, you know, I think it accomplished what they wanted to. I again, much like going back to the P jar. I, I don't know if it left the most appetizing image, and I guess that's something where I've had several humans, meaning people who don't work in advertising, just normal human beings ask me like, yeah, I heard about that thing. Is that supposed to leave me thinking that it's good or that it tastes like pee or that in uh, this case, that's the true. pancakes have come out of a body? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I guess some people, some people are going to see Vita Coco and they're going to think pee, um, but I don't know. Anne-Marie, do you have any thoughts on whether these kinds of things really have a lasting impact on the brand or they mostly just give everybody a reason to be like, ha ha, look at them? I think both. And I think we have to think about kind of like all what how these brands are trying to reach new audiences or new customer bases. Uh, so, right, like the P jar or piss jar, whatever we're calling it, <laughs> might not resonate with certain types of people, but I think it resonates with the you know, the growing number of people who, like, live and breathe internet culture and can, mm-hmm. like, appreciate a moment like this and not necessarily associate the brand with P for the rest of their lives. It's more like, oh, that's the brand who did, like, that really funny tweet. And and I, I think that's what these brands are trying to achieve. And, and, you know, maybe it'll work. We'll see. I mean, now Vita Coco is, like, on my mind. I don't like coconut <laughs> water, but I'll never forget them ever again. <laughs> P tweet. I mean, to, to be fair, they're um – Coconut water does look like a healthy person's pee, so I could see how someone would be hesitant. <laughs> Fair. To dive into a glass now. And what, what do the pancakes look like? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's, there's, in the end, I'm sure there's more positives than negatives. The ones I worry about really are the ones like U.S. Airways, where again, that was, that was just a dumb mistake. You know, there was no intent. There was no intent, period, whether good or bad. There was no intent. It was just an accident. And, man, it has just ruined their SEO. Uh, And this happened several times early on. Um, You know, I remember I was – this my pre-ad week days. I was at an ad agency working on a snack account, and one of their competitors – I want to say it was – well, I shouldn't name them in case I get it wrong. But one of their competitors (laughs) uh, tweeted a hashtag – and not realizing it was it was uh, why I stayed, I think, um, and uh, or or it was one of those. It was a domestic abuse um, hashtag, and they did not research it. They did not look at the tweets. They just saw it was trending, uh, and they tweeted something. Oh yikes! Uh, 
And I don't think that I think that one was a uh, pizza account uh, actually did the the why I stayed. But this one was one that came out of uh, it was out of the uh, a woman who I think had killed her child, and the hashtag was trending, and they they just like picked it up and did a funny tweet with it, not looking it up. They closed their account for five years. <laughs> like, wow, it, it was just gone. Uh, and they eventually came back and they, you know, whatever. But like, um, oh, man, it, like it was one where I was like, well, that's a competitor of mine. I'm literally in this race to launch. So this was very early social media. But still, I felt just like, man, what a what a loss they just took. They're going to have to abandon. They didn't abandon Facebook, but they abandoned Twitter for five years because they screwed up that bad. And their SEO probably to this day is just like this brand accidentally tweeted about a child's murder. Uh, so those are the ones where I think there is actual lasting damage because it hurts your existence on Google. These other ones, you know, if Vitacoco, uh, keeps this up, uh, they'll, you know, if they keep just doing more tweets, then people will associate it with other stuff. For now, this campaign was one day old, you know, or zero days old. <laughs> like this happened the day they launched their new campaign. They say they're going to keep trying to step it up, which I'm, I'm a little scared of what that means, but <laughs> you know, good on them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. So Kamiko, you are a professional at social media. I like to think I am. What, did, what advice would you give brands about how do you walk that line of like getting attention, getting your name out there, getting people sharing, um, but hopefully not doing damage to the brand in the process? Oh man. Uh, so the biggest thing here is understand internet culture, honestly. Um, if you don't, that's a very tricky place. Uh, you have to understand how each platform works. So I feel like a lot of times people see social media uh, the social media arm of their organization as kind of like a dumping ground. Like, oh, just put it there. And this hashtag's trending. Jump on. And I'm just like, whoa there, buddy. Let's, uh, let's settle in and uh, do a little bit of research. Otherwise, you end up with like insane hashtags that you're jumping onto with no relation to your company. Um, so I feel like it's a, it's a thing that you can do because there's brands that have done it successfully like Moon Pie is like knocking out the park, Steakums, Wendy's, Burger King, no matter how weird and creepy they get. <laughs> Um, but I think it's just like a very a very tricky line that you have to to carefully tiptoe. I feel like IHOP. I see how we got there. Like I see I see the effort. It's just kind of you just kind of miss the mark. So you win some, you lose some with the twitters. Anne Marie, any uh, thoughts for brands? Yeah, I think increasingly. And sorry to make it serious, maybe, but uh, something they have to think about is just monitoring those accounts so closely. I know. Uber, I think either this week or last week, got in trouble because someone trolled them where they asked for help and then changed their username um, to the N-word. And with Uber's like customer support, it does it an automatic response and used the N-word. And, you know, it, Uber got some flack for it, but it was like an automated response. But, you know, if there was someone monitoring that more closely and, and you know, because that's just someone trying to troll the company and get them to say something like that. And it it's not something you can plan for, right? You just have to like really keep an eye on, on what your brand is doing, how it's what the interactions are happening on Twitter and other social channels. Um, but there are going to be those people. I feel like more and more people are going to try to troll the brands back, whether it's in good faith or bad. And uh, like top of mind, keeping brand safety is, I think, really important. And I mean, for better or worse, right? Like <laughs> they have to think about it, or otherwise they end up with like a whole news run for the week about. Uber using the N-word 
right after IPOing, and that's mm-hmm. that's no good. <laughs> you know, you know the one. This maybe gets a little niche, but the thing that always scared me when I was a social media manager because it's so easy is the fake tweet, right? So you, you all you do is Photoshop a fake tweet coming from whoever, uh, and you make it something really cringy but believable, and then you say they deleted this, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's it. Step one, step two, you're done. And you, and there's like as a brand, as a brand manager, those are so hard. Like like the best you can do is just be like, that's not real. You know, because if it were real, you probably would be apologizing for it. Uh, but I don't, those used to scare me. And they came up. Luckily, they never went viral. But you know how it is. I mean, people fake stuff all the time. But that's one where I was just like, there's stuff you can control. There's stuff you don't realize you can control to Anne Marie's point, right? Like I think some people need to spend more time thinking about safeguards of, especially if they have automated systems, customer mm-hmm. service. Uh, it's kind of like it, it, in a less dangerous way. This is like when media publications embed tweets and then the person changes their display <laughs> <Yes>. name on <laughs> yeah. the tweets to like, I hate your publication. <laughs> and those, those make me laugh a little bit. Luckily, not too many people hate Adweek, but, you know, it is funny if like a right-wing publication picks up somebody and then they change it to, you know, like, I hate or, you know, this publication lies. Um, but yeah, there's, so there are, they could safeguard against that, right? They could just screenshot the tweet. There, there's things people don't realize they could safeguard. And then there's stuff you just can't. And you just kind of have to acknowledge in a world, and this is maybe nostalgic, but there was a time when people used to say how scared they were that Anonymous would hack them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about them. (laughs) And then, like, now we know that, like, Anonymous. Don't hack us, Anonymous. (laughs) If you're listening, don't do it. We're so good. We're so good. Um, Yeah, no, the, uh, and, and, you know, at the time, people were earnestly scared of this. And and at some point, you just kind of, it's a bit like security. You do what you can. And then you just can't stay up all night worrying about what could happen. But was that like our Y two K? I feel like it was. <laughs> <laughs> I lived through both. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, now that I've I've dated myself, um, the I was I actually just uh, that one was funny because I was not quite working yet. I had just graduated college. Uh, and so I had, I think I was interviewing for newspaper jobs, but I remember on Y2K being like, man, I'm so glad I'm not one of these like thousands of reporters literally hanging out at power plants or banks or whatever, like oh waiting to see God. if the world ends. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, I just barely missed it. It was great. Um, all right. Well, we have burned through all of our time. Uh, super fun discussion. Let us know your favorite least favorite tweets. You can hit us on Twitter, of course, Adweek. Uh, you can email us at podcast at adweek.com. Uh, if there's any big ones you think we missed, we're going to share these on the website. Uh, all the ones we talked about will be embedded on adweek.com. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, Anne-Marie, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. It's always great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Kamiko, welcome to your official run as co-host. Uh, so glad to have you on. Woo-woo. All right, we will be we will be back. Kamiko and I will be back soon. Uh, I think I will probably not be on the next episode because uh, I'll be traveling a bit, but we'll see. I'll see if I can squeeze it in. Our theme music is by Home. Uh, this week's episode was produced by I guess I don't know me and Kamiko <laughs> produced it this week, and uh, with production assistance by Nick Gardner uh, and editing by Lane McGibney. Thank you, Lane. Thank you, Nick. And uh, we will be back uh, next week.
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.